You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by. Uh, by President, stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, what's this thing called? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go end it. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Here we are at the FPEA Florida Homeschool Convention, and we're having a great time. Mariana, thanks for joining me on all these exciting interviews. It really is great to be here. We have such an incredible lineup, so I'm excited to get started. Well, why don't you introduce our guest here with us, and we can really get into this, because right now in America, this is one of the top topics here when it comes to schools. Go ahead. It is. Uh, we have Sue Pucharin here, and can you tell us a bit about your organization and a bit about the founder and really how this all started? Well, I, I am a homeschool mom of uh, 25 years. I'm all done. Everybody's done um, working in their careers in medicine and law and, and a CPA and a nurse. So we went through the whole process. But about halfway through the process, I realized the benefits that we had in Florida and I was introduced to the Home Education Foundation and Brenda Dickinson who is our state lobbyist. I started looking into a little bit of why homeschooling is so wonderful in Florida only to really realize that it's not only wonderful in Florida it is the best state in the United States to homeschool your children. One, least amount of accountability, maximum benefits and and I knew that, I experienced that, my kids had access to so many of the benefits that came from the Home Education Foundation that I really dove in and I knew it was something that I wanted to be part of. So the uh, organization started in, in uh, about 1984. The law was drafted by Brenda's husband, Craig, and she and her husband were homeschooling their kids kind of in secrecy back then when you drive in, um, put the garage door down and let your kids out so nobody knew you were home all day. And, and there were families being uh, prosecuted for truancy and, and they knew that something needed to be done. So Craig, a lawyer, drafted the law, which um, miraculously, the story of how it went through was amazing and we had a really solid homeschooling law. But as you can imagine, the attacks came after that and oh. we knew we needed a lobbyist. Now I know Brenda became the president um, after her husband passed in 93, is that correct? Yes, it was not her plan, but it was God's plan. And it yes, was God's that's plan. where she... Uh, she became the full-time lobbyist in Tallahassee. Tell and, us about um, the dual enrollment Bright Future Scholarships. It's just phenomenal. Well, what, she, what she's done um, is really give homeschoolers access to the to many of the best opportunities that the, the public school children had. One of them is dual enrollment. Our students dual enroll just like the private school students and the public school students at a state college, at a university, and a lot of the private colleges. So when they're taking their high school classes, they're also earning their college credits. Most of the kids that I work with, the students I work down in South Florida, they're all graduating with a year of college completed, which is which is really what, what our kids did. So that's the dual enrollment part. The Bright yeah. Futures part is the state scholarship, and she made sure that homeschoolers would be included in the state scholarship. And in fact, all we do as homeschoolers is present a test score, an ACT or an SAT test score that meets the limit, and the appropriate amount of community service hours, 100 or 75. And then our college is, is paid for, just like the students. So we have access to that. Okay. That's incredible. And I'm from Palm Beach County. So I know when we talk about children, there's a lot of children with disabilities. In my county, and it made national headlines, the speech 
therapy has gone up 300%. And I live this reality because my child struggles to meet children who will talk to her. Should parents who have children with any kind of disability be afraid to homeschool? I, I think the children with disabilities are the actual best situation for homeschooling. And I've seen that. Brenda is, is, is close to retirement. She's talked about it. And the reason she is not retiring this year is exactly the, the situation you're discussing. Because a few years ago, she worked with um, the gardener, uh, Representative Gardner, and um, put together, the, helped include the Gardner Scholarship have access to, for homeschool families. Let me say that a little better. F homeschool families now had access to scholarship money when their kids had disabilities. That has been um, changed and changed, and we had the McKay Scholarship where you had to be in school. So it's all been... Um, kind of rolled into one right now in the step up program so what happens now is homeschoolers now have access you have a child with disabilities and the 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 list is everything from um i i actually really uh, just recently learned that student children with anaphylactic shock you know with allergies qualified all the way through the autism spectrum and and the speech so when your child has that kind of disability you can receive money and then pay that money out so that you bring services into your home, whether it's a tutor, whether it's a special curriculum, whether it's classes that you need them to take them to. So that that has never really been available to homeschoolers. And we, we don't really want government money. We don't want government money in our homeschooling because with government money, we'll, next will come government expectations and then government requirements. It's a little different in this arena of the of the kids with disabilities to get the families what they need because it's changing the lives. If you've got kids with autism that aren't getting instruction and correction, we're going to be paying in the long run and they're going to be paying with their lives, but to get them ready at the early ages and get them the service they need is incredible and that's what she's, she's doing. That's the most current issue for her and there was a few changes made to it this year that she was not happy with, so she's coming back next year to make that right. So we will have another lobbyist for a year, but we do need to be thinking about replacing her in the future. Let's talk about the turnout for this event compared to other years. What have you seen different this year? Uh, this would be my 25th homeschool convention in Orlando. Um, two years, last year was, was very, um, there was definitely a smaller presence. And obviously that was because they were coming back from this year is back to what it's been for the last decade. Okay, it good feels deal. to me like that. You know, they, they throw out the number 10,000. I'm not sure if that's accurate. But it's crowded, and it's full all week. And I know there's a lot of workshops this week. I think there's 12 going on at one time. So there's all kinds of topics throughout it. Governor DeSantis was speaking today, and I heard Sanctus Real, the band, was playing today. They did. did the, they sing Lead Me? They uh, Yes, They the lead singer was there with his wife. So it's oh. just, and uh, it was wonderful. You're yeah. still trying to track them down, right? I know, Matt. We've got to get them to come. I've been harassing everyone to get them. they got to come for five minutes. The, the other things that really Brenda has done is um, students could play sports at high schools. You can't do that in other states. So. I was going to ask you about sports because I have three boys that are very athletic, and we looked at this option. So what are some of the – do you get them involved with local teams? They, they can actually – in the state of Florida, they can actually play on high schools. They so can play on high schools. They school can play on high schools, and that's from Brenda's work. Um, so we have access to go to our public high school, and it's the extracurricular um, bill, and, and play if you're in the band or you want to be in their art department or something. But for the most part, like my children all played 
high school soccer, golf, they, we all played in. Some of them, the, the smaller private schools, they want you to play too. Most of them are looking for more bodies oftentimes, so uh, that's, that's actually where our kids happen to play. But yes, that's, that's huge because um, it's, it's provided almost, we didn't miss anything. And the benefits were, were huge that we got with, with the dual enrollment, with the Bright Future scholarships. So there's really not, there's not really a downside to homeschooling in the state of Florida as far as will they get the high school experience. They'll get as much of it as you want them to get, and you can skip the rest. So that's kind of a Sue, I got a name. question for you. Yes. Okay, my grandkids uh, all go to Christian schools right now. And uh, those schools all provide opportunities for homeschoolers to engage as much as they want. Is there any type of a directory or anything that a potential homeschooling parent could look at and say, oh, okay, these are the schools in my area where I can get support for homeschooling and my kids can go either in athletics or arts or uh, maybe the NILD type programs, you know, with a... Uh, what, what county are you in? Uh, well, we're, we're in Orange, but I'm just thinking more broadly general, for the whole state. Um, I know in, in our county, um, I'm also from Palm Beach County, we see the private schools reaching out, but a lot of times the, we're competition for the private schools. Mm -hmm. So they're not, as wonderful as they are, they're not really wanting to embrace coming and do part-time. They want us to come in and, and be part I, of their I, program. I, I, and I can understand that But there for sports, some, they will. I mean, um, there's a, the FBA has a list of organizations. Um, there's a lot of micro schools where yeah. you're doing two days a week or one day a week of training. That's one of the things I run in Palm Beach County, a program called um, Home Education Enrichment Day, where we have 250 kids. Monday's high school, Tuesday's middle school, thir Thursday's elementary hands-on activities. And they come one day, meet with friends, kind of get a curriculum. It really started with a need for high school. I need a chemistry teacher because I'm not doing that at home or I need... And so from that, they, they are together one day. They are getting um, the academics, the structure, the syllabus, the assignments, the instruction, and then they go home and they homeschool for the other days of the week, come back. That's become a really popular model. We've been doing it 19 years. So we kind of feel like we've perfected how to get one day of teaching and then to have mom go, go through the, the other days. Um, there's a lot of that. But the partnership with the private schools, what I see is you're then tied to their curriculum, and a lot of homeschoolers want to pick their own curriculum. Um, so it's not as popular. I know FPEA has a few master lists of, of support groups, and that would be your best thing. Go to your local support group for that county, and they'll be able to tell you which, which uh, organization okay, are reaching are out. There, um, how, how common is it to have pods where you have multiple families um, together? Uh, it's very teacher. common now. It was not very common five years ago. Uh, okay. That has come out of COVID. And it's good and bad. Also, online schools have come out of COVID, which, you know, online schools used to be really interesting and engaging and the opportunity of what we do. We do, we do some online stuff uh, trying to reach international students. But it's interactive live. It's not videos with little kids. So online school became like a curse word. You know, because of COVID, oh, okay. but pods yeah. came out of that, and yeah. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's creative if people can come together, hire a teacher, and and work through that. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. What I see happens is when you have homeschool mentality, homeschool moms organizing, they kind of get it. When you have school teachers organizing it, they tend to be doing school at home, and school at home is not what we want to do. We want to engage our kids' brains so that they love learning, that they're 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 excited about their doing, and it's it's different for every family, and it's even different for every child. Um, I want to flip it to you, and then we'll have one last question. But um, before she asks, is there anything else you want to highlight real quick about the event? Because 
We're gonna we're running short on time, and we want to expose you for everything yeah, this, we can. This is, this, is a, this is an amazing event. I don't I don't know that there's very many. When I've talked to some of the big vendors that travel, this yeah. is everybody's favorite event. The speakers are phenomenal. Uh, ben Carson was phenomenal last Absolutely. night, and, and the whole panel that worked with him, that spoke with him, were, were amazing. Um, what I like to see um, to let people know that Brenda Dickinson. The idea of FPA was decided in someone's living room, and she was one of the couples sitting in there to, to have a state organization. So I want to say to every vendor here, we wouldn't probably be here without Booth 722 because she is the one who had the vision for this, you know, back in, 19, in the early 80s. And, and that's really important to know. And, and as she is getting ready to retire, we need a lobbyist because all they have to do is take one of these provisions that we talked about, whether it's the, the dual enrollment or the... Uh, the extracurricular activities. All they have to do is change one word in there that says, maybe it says now students should, and they must. They can change it to students will. That's Changes right. everything, guys. One word. So we need protection. Absolutely. On our law. Not so much the law, but all of the, the amendments and the legislation that passes that it doesn't mess with our law. Well, because the left is coming for you. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you so much for today. And can you speak to parents who are on the edge, they're not homeschooling, but they're thinking about it. What is the number one reason that you want parents to consider homeschooling? Well, the number one reason they don't is fear. Everybody mm-hmm. says the same thing. I can't do it. I can never do what they do. There's no way we would. And I've never met a mom who said, I, I can do this. We're going to do it. I know I can do this. Nobody says that. I've also never met a mom who says, that was a mistake. But I've met many, many moms who look at me with tears in their eyes and say, why didn't we do this sooner? Why didn't I do it with my other kids? Um, it's an amazing, not just from the academic, but from a family dynamic. Spending your life with your kids is amazing. That's so good. You're speaking to my heart because I was afraid. And then I looked at the statistics. What are the statistics of schools? Not even half of the schools across America could have someone graduate reading and writing. Sue, do you think most of our listeners and viewers today can at least get their kids to read? Well, I, I read a study once that that's, uh, somebody somebody wrote this. They said if, if we started sending kids to school at six months, within a generation, we'd all believe that if they didn't go to school, they'd never learn to walk. Right? I'm going to give you Clark County. They were in the news. I'm going to finish with this, but I'm in Clark County was in the news. Either Tennessee, something like that, because they were doing this gender studies thing, and they had this uh, just ridiculous line of questioning for the kids when it came to gender identity. Well, I looked up their scores. It's one of the poorly, most poorly rated school. They're focusing on gender. They're fo- focusing on race, making white kids feel bad for who they are. And yet the reading, writing, and everything else is suffering tremendously. You're exactly right. United States is 30th in the world. So if, if I was going to do something, I wouldn't say, what's your 30th best point, piece of advice? So I'm going to look at who's doing best. Yeah. Number one country is typically Finland. And they start at age seven. But at 15, they're top students in the world. So we have a lot to learn, and we don't learn it from a school system that's ranked 30th in the world. There's, yeah. there, there's other sources. So we have to first get that mindset that we're not copying school. This is a new venture. It is, is not a, a movement. It's a move of God. And, and I believe that um, he has given us everything we need. And coming to a convention like this, the resources are, are it's a bit, sometimes even a bit overwhelming. There's so much. But the, the wisdom is here, the experience is here, and the proof is here. We, we've got a generation of students that have been raised in this. My kids have been raised. They're in their 30s now. And this is, this is how they grew up. And, this is, and there's, there's thousands just like them. It works. 
If it you're works. watching this video, the website is www.flhef.org. Got me that one. I got to double check that. www.fl for Florida, flhef.org. And that is our lobbying organization that we need to all support and really be praying about a replacement to have somebody that will do the lobby work for us moving forward. Well, you, you talked about the partnerships. The Buff Show has partnered with Palm Beach County Moms for America, and now we're partnering with you. We're all going to come together and get this word out there as much best we can because we need parents involved, and, and it's really cool to see all the little kids running around here, too. Thanks yeah. for stopping Thank by today. Thank you so today. much. It was my pleasure. All right, sounds okay. good. We'll be Watch. back on Let's... the Buff Show. You stay with us. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Mondays, it's trivia night. Tomorrow, $7.99 burger and fries. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention the Buff Show and and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Welcome back to the Mount Buff Show. Great to have you with us, especially since we're partnering with Moms for America. Marina is having a good time with us, I think, today. We're doing a great job. Check out MomsForAmerica.us, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's the time, Matt, where people have realized what's been going on for the last two years. It's nothing new, but we've come to realize it. And people are standing up and people are taking freedom. And how incredible an opportunity for us here today to listen to people that are making a difference and showing us how we can make a difference, too. And someone who's making a difference is sitting right here, finally in person. We've done a lot of interviews together already, but Michaela Schmidt from Turning Point USA is with us. And now we get to do this in person. It's a lot more fun, right, Ron? A lot more fun in person. I'm glad to know that y'all exist. Y'all are real. (laughs) (laughs) Not just some computer guy. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So it's great to have you. How's the activity at the booth going for you today? Oh, it's great. We have people coming by consistently. We're running out of material. We have buttons, stickers. 
uh, rally signs just for kids, students, and uh, and people of faith as well. So we're excited. Charlie Kirk has been always great about this with Turning Point USA. My son was a sophomore in high school, right? And he wrote to Turning Point and said, I want to start a chapter here. Three days later, I got 50 Ben Shapiro facts don't care about your feeling signs. We got all kinds of stuff arriving to the house. Yes. You guys have been great about material, and I think it's made a difference. Yes, it does. We try to give people as much. We try to equip them with as much material so they can go out. We're grassroots, so we want people of, uh, of all levels to go out and actually stand for conservative values in our Constitution. Well, we're here today at the two, 2022 FPEA, the Florida Parent Education Association Homeschool Convention. And people don't understand, too, that homeschoolers go to your events. Oh, yeah. No, we want to work with homeschoolers, really anybody, any kind of students. Uh, we're all a student, really, in, in this life. We're always learning. So we need to have that kind of humble attitude. Uh, adults, kids, small groups, church groups. We want to work th- with them all and help to get them engaged. Marina, you have a young daughter you mentioned. Oh, yeah, she's almost four. And it reminds you, Michaela, that you can never start too young to instill a sense of biblical responsibility and freedom based on who my daughter is in Christ because that is something that can never be taken away. So I'm so thankful for all you do. Michaela, I would love for you to talk a bit about what Turning Point Faith is. Everyone knows Turning Point. What really is your specific role? Yeah. So we're so excited because uh, this has really just been a move of God. Uh, We're not even a year old. August will be our first anniversary. And Turning Point Faith is all about just civically engaging our faith community. How can we actually take the freedom that we've experienced internally, the true freedom that can never be taken away? That's what people in this culture are trying. They're trying to take our freedom because it's it's a fight between two kingdoms. And... uh, and the dark kingdom obviously hates freedom, hates our soul. And so uh, we actually recognize as people of faith, Charlie, Rob McCoy, through lots of mentorship from uh, Pastor Rob McCoy, uh, they were talking about, if you're talking about freedom on college campuses and high schools, why are you not going to talk about freedom in the church? That's what ultimate freedom comes from. It's through Jesus Christ. And for uh, the past few decades, the church has been silent when it comes to a lot of issues and God didn't segregate our uh, transformation of our heart. He said, I wanted to come and take over all of this culture, all of your heart. So we want to actually defend these biblical values, take them into our culture with material, with education, and permission to stand boldly and to preach the gospel. That's what we're called to do as, as pastors and as people of faith, to truly change our culture and restore our country. That's going to be the only hope. Well, I, I pastored for many years. And um, uh, it was my experience that a great many pastors, maybe even a substantial majority, do not want to touch any issues that can be perceived as political, even though they're basically moral and sometimes very core to our faith. What kind of um, success are you having as you're going to the churches? So it's truly just bathed in prayer. Uh, I'm in the great state of Florida. I'm so thankful for it. Uh, and even there, there's setbacks. There's there's challenges. Uh, like I said, this isn't a political war. This isn't a, uh, a physical war. This is a spiritual war. And so uh, we're here to encourage pastors that might be hesitant. Maybe they know biblical truth. They know our Constitution and what we stand for in this country. Uh, that we are one nation under God. But maybe they don't know how to preach on that, how to get engaged, how to encourage their 
their congregation. So we're there to encourage those and say, hey, we want to help you. We want to walk alongside you as a ministry to you as the church to keep the doors of the church open. Uh, those that are already speaking up, we want to empower them with our material, uh, with starting a faith group. It could be a civic ministry inside that church that can help to empower these churches. God is blessing churches all across the country that have been working with us and, uh, and actually being bold for him and his principles. But to answer your question, um, I'd walk them through it. I mean, there's great resources. We partnered with Patriot Academy, so we have a biblical citizenship workbook. This is an amazing course. It's eight weeks, nonpartisan, nonpolitical, just talking about scripture and our constitution and how they're so embedded, how our founders knew that. That's how they built the foundation of this country. So that alone is so educational and empowering for uh, a pastor that maybe is unsure on how to speak up. Also, other resources, this is just another plug. William Federer has an Endangered Speeches book, and I uh, highly recommend you can check that out at American Minute. But it actually talks about how uh, pastors and churches really are protected under our First Amendment to speak. Fans of the show love when Michaela comes on because she always brings materials and props, and you guys got some phenomenal events coming up right here yes. in Florida. Yes. So we do have Student Action Summit that will be July 22nd through the 24th at the Tampa Convention Center. It's open to students, adult tickets. We have Trump confirmed. Our action pack has brought him on. We're the nonprofit side. But uh, Trump will be there to speak for us and uh, lots of other conservative speakers. So we'd love to have y'all. You can bring the, the kids to that one. To oh, yeah. see Trump and, and the TPUSA, yes. Yeah, we are so thankful in Palm Beach County, Moms for America, to work closely with Michaela's uh, person in the South, Amber Sanchez. She's amazing. And what I love about her is she's a yes person. If it's about freedom, if it's about faith, she's in, and then she gets the details. And I love it because you're an organization that wants to partner with others. Michaela... There are so many pastors, and you might say the majority, who hear what you're saying and say, nice for you, that's your job, you take on that, we're not going to take on politics. As Matt said, even though it covers so much of what they should represent, can you speak to pastors right now that will say, no, we're never going to say anything political? And let me just add, Michaela, one thing. I'm from Canada, where pastors close the door to people. So can we not put politics aside? when it comes to these issues. This is a You're talking about Ar Archer Petrovsky. I'm talking about churches across Canada closed the doors. Yeah, very we had him on the show. He was, yeah, they and arrested he him for it because he let times. people in the sanctuary during the exactly. lockdowns. Yeah, and is that, uh, yes, afraid. it was like, ridiculous. Forget about politics, Michaela. Are, are the church not at the foundation there to open their doors? Michaela, speak to pastors that are terrified and think that the loss of our freedoms is a political issue they don't want to fight for. So, there's so many things I could say, but liberty is God's idea. It's not man's idea that's truly in the Word. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, where there is liberty. And it's, it's His idea to begin with. So, for us, we need to recognize who do we serve as a pastor, as a person of faith. Who are we going to serve? Do we want to worship God and Him alone, or are we going to worship the government? We have buttons that say that. Worship God, not government. It's got a little X over the, <laughs> over the capital. It's important. We don't hate the government. We love America. But we serve God and God alone. So going back to Acts, I would say, uh, when they were saying to Peter, they said, don't preach in that name. 
and Peter had to just come and say, we're going to obey God rather than man. And so that's what I would call on pastors. We're there. We're not trying to politicize anything. We're not even there to evangelize. That's not our call. Our call is to equip and empower and activate the faith community to stand boldly for God and his principles and these values. So we stand for life. We stand for family. We stand for our First Amendment rights so we can protect the ability for churches in America to not be shut down. And we have that freedom to assemble and to find freedom. What is the typical thing that a pastor says who does not want to um, proclaim uh, these basic truths from the pulpit? What does he say to you typically? What's the defense? Many times it could be wanting to learn more or just a, an immediate write-off because pastors are overwhelmed. We understand. We're not sure. trying to add to their plate. So I think oftentimes pastors that truly know the truth and have read the Bible, the full Bible, which, by the way, a third of the Bible got political. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Daniel. Uh, I could go on and on. Yeah. I mean, even in the Gospels, Jesus was talking about politics. Uh so those that have read their Bible that know the truth, they're truly just overwhelmed. And this busy culture that we live in, I understand those pressures. We're there to start. We just need the permission. And we don't need him to be part of the group. But if some people of faith in their church that are coming to the pastor and saying, can you give me answers to this? They're, you know, slaughtering babies after 28 day, up to 28 days in California. How do you feel about this? There's massive issues that we need to address. Uh, we could start a faith group, that's a civic ministry group, to empower them with material, with education, so they can go and take a stand. And it could be a group inside the church or just in the community. But these pastors, it's really just, we tell them what we're about, we're there to support them, and if we get their, their humble permission, we're there to equip their, their people. Do you have any ministry into the seminaries? Because if you can reach the seminaries, you'll get them before they get influenced by the church boards and get locked into a status quo that is not a very good one. Yeah, that's a great question. There's a great, uh, great resources, but uh, enemies within the church and other other groups have done documentaries about how just we've been infiltrated at the seminary level with socialists and Marxists, and this is nothing new. Uh, in the 30s and 40s, working with kind of Saul Alinsky and his group, they've infiltrated these seminaries. So it's a massive issue. Right now, we're just in our early years. So uh, we're here to work with churches and other ministries and organizations to come alongside one another in the same effort. But I would love to start a focused effort into seminaries. We have a lot of pastors on staff, so I'm sure that uh, more is to come. We are growing as we speak. Ron just added another slate to your docket of things to do. A whole other file. We'll be talking with Charlie about it, but we, we understand the severity of it. And this is coming from a top-down level, and it's not from the Lord. They can go get all these resources online, too. They can. So it's uh, turningpointusa.com slash faith, and that'll take you to our website. And uh, you can fill out information, and that'll get you in touch with your perspective rep in your area. We're all around, across the country. so We're working out a deal, it seems like, naturally, on the Buff Show for you to come on at least once a month. Yeah. 
because there's so many updates. We love having you, and it's finally nice to see you in person, right? It's been fun. Yeah, very good. Michaela Schmidt, you're doing such a great great job. Ron, young conservative girls out there fighting for God's truth. I mean, there's still hope for this country yet, thanks to people like you. So thank you, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Welcome back to the Matt Buff and Moms for America show here at the FPEA Florida Homeschool Convention. We're having a great time. Just a lot of great discussions. And we got another one today. Old friend of the show. Not not that he's old, but it's an old friend of the show. Patrick Byrne from Overstock.com. And now with the Freedom Project, America America Project, America's Eagles Wings. It's great to have you back, Patrick. Thank you, Matt. Good to be on your show. Good to be here with you, Marina. Oh, yeah. America Project makes so many of our projects possible, Matt. They're a huge supporter of Moms for America. I know, Patrick, you love us mama bears. I do. You support us, and you make it possible for us to bring freedom in our ways to our own communities. So thank you. Thank you for all you stand for. In Palm Beach County, Matt, we're about faith in this order, family, and freedom. And, Patrick, we have a friend in you. So thank you. Thank you for standing for the same values that we have so dear. You do indeed have a friend in, in me, and I am a huge admirer as kind of, of Moms for America, and it has reinforced my belief that it's really moms who care, it's mothers who care about the future and the children and really will do the hard things that need to be done. It's no longer us guys. It's, or judging from our, um, across America, oh, by the way, this is my shirt, I was still going to Thomas Soul Matters. Um, <laughs> That it's, I understand the strength is, you know, the, the horsepower in this mass movement comes from the mothers and the mama bears. It's been a real revelation to me how, not just how angry the mothers are, but how much they're willing to do about what's going on. Yeah, and you know, Matt, I was a coward. I believed in freedom, but I was a coward until I had Willow. And when she was less than a week old, the doctors were already doing things that I was so shocked and upset about. And I thought, 
I've got to change and it was becoming a mother and not that, that my child made it but suddenly I realized the value of the next generation and how incredible for women that don't have biological children but have brought children into the fold single people that are stepping up and caring for children but there's something that happens when you begin to value another life that you're willing to lay down your life for them so I would imagine so I would imagine I, I have no children no wife never found the one that would have me I must do something wrong but I've been I'm not only kidding I've had uh, I've been on the go all my life but I imagine that having a child would make put everything in perspective and make uh, about what it is we're here for. That Texas shooting, the story you don't hear, a mother ran into the school when the, the police were outside. She ran into the school and rescued her kids out of the school. Wow. That, like uh, my, my mother would never have sat outside. I'm surprised like more parents but, weren't there. But yeah, Do it's I just, understand the police may have waited 40 minutes or something? No. We're... We're waiting on the Buff Show. We're kind of waiting. Uh, I know Fox News jumped all over the cops last night. I was kind of mad about that. I'm kind of waiting to see um, more details because there were police on duty, an off-duty police officer that was armed, that was involved in a shootout with the the killer. Um, when he locked himself in a classroom, it seems like they were hesitant to go in there. I'm just waiting on more information, but it just seems was like... Was he alone in the classroom or with other students? He was with... There was other students oh. in that classroom oh. hiding, and they were scared to death, and they ended up... Uh, it, it, and, they, and they did not go in. That's quite... If one, I was always taught that once one bullet is fired, and the cops know when bullets been fired, you can assume they're all coming in. I would have... I'm sh- I, thought, I thought there might be some justification if the police... If he were alone, barricaded a room alone, yeah. and the police and the sheriffs or the police were outside, you could kind of understand that they waited 30 minutes or something trying to figure out or talk to them or whatever they were doing. But if he was inside with students for 40 minutes and they didn't do it, go in, that's problematic. There were students in his room. We know that for a fact. Protocols, just we've been talking about protocols all day, and protocols can be a bad thing yeah. in hospitals and with police when you have parents running in there and the border patrol agent that actually killed the guy a lot of the border patrol had students you know that their kids were in that school that was a school that had a lot of border patrol agent families and you know matt it reminds us this threads are always interviews we have to get back to a human society the last two years has pushed people apart so much that we're thinking more about the protocol than the human lives that are there so i'm thankful again for america project thank you so much a border patrol agent went in to rescue his wife and his daughter, and he rescued a, a great many other children and teachers as well. One guy, and he was backed up by two of the officers. But there's a lot that we don't know yet, and uh, it'll take months and maybe longer for the things to come out. Well, but there thing, are heroes there. One thing we do know, that, that, that there is evil. And the first thing Joe Biden does is make a speech about the gun lobby. The gun lobby had nothing to do with this guy. They, the, the liberals, they never, ever, ever talk about the perpetrator. I just read this morning that it turns out when he was 14, he had trouble for ha- saying, when I turn 18, I'm going to come to this school and kill a bunch of people. It's on. It's documented that he said that. Uh-huh. It's on record. The cops interviewed him about it, and of course, nothing's done. And it's not about him, his age. It's not about being an 18-year-old. 
Like they're all saying an 18-year-old can not get a beer, but they can have a gun. Yeah, because the 18-year-old has a Second Amendment right in this country. I mean, it's, it's too bad. But if you guys aren't going to, if you're going to be too PC to nip a problem in the butt when you hear somebody talking crazy like that, what do you want us to do? You know, what do you want us to do? But we put out a five-point plan on protecting schools, and it starts with single point of entries. Instead of uh, the 97% of COVID cash, $200 billion in COVID cash that school unions haven't spent, we just need $26 billion of that to put an armed officer at every school, a cop car in the parking lot, single point of entry, two points. Of, when you go in the door, there's another door you have to go through. They're bulletproof glass. This is what we have in a lot of schools in Florida. You do those simple things, and you incorporate the dads who like to help out with the schools, the dad project, where they come and hang out with the kids and stuff. $26 billion would service every school in America. Maybe they have other priorities. They do have other priorities. The day of, Biden signed weakening schools. Uh, weakening cops, I'm sorry, weakening cops by having them put on the database. It was the George Floyd Act he signed the day after the Texas shoe school uh, uh, school shooting where it, it eliminates chokeholds, but you can't eliminate chokeholds. If you're wrestling with somebody, you might end up in a situation, you know. For, for, so I used to do jujitsu, and we were actually yeah. taught 20, 30 years ago that actually... It was one of those things, literally, they knew back in L.A. that you don't do chokeholds on African-American people, that that they had a higher blood pressure than that. But it was when I studied jujitsu in the late 80s in Los Angeles, the rule was that you didn't put chokeholds on African-American people because it's just, they actually, uh, they go to sleep and they don't wake up as opposed to, there was some biological thing. Really? The cops used to be trained on that, that that you didn't put chokeholds on African-Americans. I, but then that all went away over the decades. Now now they've said no chokeholds for anybody? Yeah, not for anybody. And if you do something wrong, anything, even if it's administrative, you get put on a national database. Which means if you're a cop who had an argument with your boss and the boss fires you, now you're on the grid nationally with this database with the federal government. It's going to be tough for you to get another job. This one, I hear that. And no knock warrants are gone, too. So you have to let the criminal know you're coming so they can shoot you before you. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point kind of glad at that because I'm worried about that knock in the middle of the night for myself. Well, your brother Stone, our mutual friend, had that the yeah. CNN raid happen to him, and that was a no-knock raid. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, a lot of funny, uh, horrible things, but I did just hear this morning that in New York, was it 45... 450 or 4,500 police have been released from the COVID mandate, the vaccine mandate. 4,500 police had never taken it, and they were all supposed to be fired. And they were up, to, and the, the city is just back down because Governor DeSantis is out here advertising, "Hey, we'll hire all of you. We'll give you a thousand dollar bonus. We'll pay your moving so expenses." Finally, finally, market forces have gone to work and broken the back of this tyranny. The crime is so out of control in New York, and their cops were moving to Florida to get the bonus and the living is. Plus, it's a better climate. We, you, we can shoot terrorists or uh, protesters here. Our sheriffs tell you to. Our <laughs> yeah. sheriff, didn't you like that sheriff who said, "I if someone comes, somebody had come in somebody's home and the, the homeowner shot them, but was afraid of some kind of 
action. Litigation, and yeah. The, and the sheriff, I think it was up around here, that the sheriff came out and said, actually, no, we actually encourage homeowners to do this and save us the work. It does. Very, very, you know how much paperwork is, is saved by the suspect being dead? It's awesome. Just sign here and initial here and enjoy your day. Thank you for your service. <laughs> All right, election. Jim Crow 2.0 didn't really happen in Georgia, did it? Because of efforts like yours that you guys are doing, trying to ensure election integrity, we are, we are making improvements. I'm not sure what happened in Georgia. I have not analyzed it yet, but there is evidence that there are some mathematical irregularities that I want some people are looking into. I'm not sure it didn't happen in Georgia. It, what, you tell me, other, I'm talking about the governor. Uh, right, right. That's a different thing. I'm talking about the turnout up 200% for a midterm. Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. turnout was fine. Nobody was suppressed. But now you're talking about the mathematical aspect. Yeah, that there was that um, Kemp won in his primary with 72%, was it? Yeah, it was a blowout. Yeah, and it's not... There's some things that are odd about that. One of them being nobody really generally wins anything by 72% in America. But I I, want to look into that race in particular. Other than that, yeah, certainly Jim Crow 2.0 didn't happen. Actually, I think election integrity... Glad you brought that up. I think we need to remember that election fraud is voter suppression. They used to suppress votes by you know, keeping a deputy at the door with a German shepherd to keep away black people. How horrible, we all agree, that was a horrible period in American history. Well now, you know, if you get a thousand fake votes fed into the system, that yeah. suppresses a thousand real votes, You're just not using German shepherds. And that's what's going on on a mass scale, we now know around the United States. There's an extraordinary movie coming out in a few weeks about Tina Peters, this hero from Colorado. And there's an extraordinary movie, and that it's it's open and shut. It's over. We now have all the forensic evidence of what happened, and people are going to understand we are living through Jim Crow 2.0. It's just not done with German shepherds. It's done with code and other code within the machines and other techniques yeah. of election fraud and ballot harvesting. Yeah. Um, we had Dinesh. I was really excited about this interview today because we had Dinesh D'Souza on. A couple weeks ago, Ron, you were there for that. Yeah. And uh, the 2000 Mules movie, just everything I've talked about with you guys, every, and then I talked to Dinesh, and then everything I talked about with Joe Hoft at the Gateway Pundit, all the research they've done. When you put it all together, I got machines, I got mules, and I got ballot harvesting out the you ace. Got cell phone, 10 trillion cell phone pings, you got digital yeah. camera recorders, you got... You got the canvassing, and what do you know? They all tell the same story. It all fits like this. It does. So for the people who say, where's the evidence? It's just gotten kind of hilarious. The the mainstream media I talked to is like, yeah, but where's the evidence? You never came up with any evidence. Like, what what counts as evidence? It's everywhere. What counts as evidence? We got the the canvassers, the the whistleblowers in Georgia have come out that were part of it. Yeah. We've got the cell phone pings. We got the video cameras. We got everything you would think that you would need. It's harder to prove the election wasn't stolen. Right. right. <laughs> well, you couldn't because it was. That's yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. It's, it's harder to prove that it'd be harder to prove that it wasn't than it is to prove that it was. We can actually prove that it was. We had the the, the lady from um, Venezuela, and we talked about how that started with a stolen election, a stolen government. And would you agree that our country, with all the policies that have come out since 2020, 
has been a rush to destroy the fabric of this nation from one way or the other. Yeah, this is a PSYOP to take over the United States, but it's actually <laughs> deep bigger than that. This is a worldwide event, setting aside China, what's going on in China and Russia. This is a worldwide event. It's a revolution of the elites against the people. It's a shredding of constitutional norms in our country, which has gone on for years leading up to this moment. And COVID, and the COVID, COVID played a role in the PSYOP. The way a regime change PSYOP works is you get the people so beat up psychologically with demoralization and disorientation, and they're, they're, they're living this psychotic, painful existence, and then you create the crisis and the, and the fake new government, and then you tell people, okay, the way, if you just accept this, we'll let you out of all this psychotic world you're living in, if you just accept this. And, that's, and they harness all that natural instinct in people to get out of this horrible malaise they're in. And that's the structure of the regime change. That's what had COVID played a role in the, the cook. It's no coincidence that this COVID came, this COVID pandemic came at the same time we had the most suspect election in U.S. history. It's all tied together. It happened in an election year. So that's a great segue into the American project. What are we doing? We got midterms coming up in just months. Primaries already happening. They can't figure out the vote in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's still a mess. What can you guys do? Not sure. Well, what can you do? What the American Project is, is a project to reach out. We are reaching out to grassroots groups around America. Grassroots groups, shrub-sized groups, and oak tree-sized groups like Moms for America that, that we are reaching out to and just building relations. We're not, we're, we just want to be, uh, we need a mass movement, and a mass movement is made out of lots of small movements, and they don't all have to come together in one big group. Everyone should be in their own civic associations, their own groups, whether it's about homeschooling, about uh, religious freedom, about Second Amendment freedom, about something to do with freedom. Those groups are the groups out of which our mass movement will form. Until then, it's just sort of a lot of people with different beefs. So the, the American Project is built to reach out to them and try to bring them, bring them, bring the force of them to bear. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, it's powerful what you're saying, Patrick. Moms for America, Palm Beach County. We were really concerned about the fraud. We live in a democratic stronghold, and I'm thankful we reached out to Patrick Byrne, America Project, and they really came on side to give us direction, to give us leadership, to know what we can do. So I'm so thankful for who you are and what you're doing. One concern question a lot of us have is there's an awakening and an awareness from all these movies and everyone's talking about election fraud. Okay, we now know what they're doing. So what's their game plan now that they're exposed? What does the future look like, Patrick? That's a great question, Marina, and I'm quite afraid of that. Their game plan, I think, first, this was all supposed to have been normalized by about 12 to 14 months ago. HR1. Well, they came in with a 100-day plan to change the federal. They knew they had stolen the election. Yeah. So they wanted HR1 to make federal all the craziness that happened last time. Yeah. They wanted to legalize 25 million undocumented Democratic voters, or so they think. And they wanted to pack the Supreme Court so they would sprinkle holy water on it all. So they know they came in on a rigged election. And now everything's gone against them. And they're going to be thrown out on their ear if this election is... is uh, fair. They've waited a hundred years for this moment. I have a great concern that they're going to try to prevent there from being this election. And there's all kinds of ways they can do it. But I think their basic plan is violence. 
and our basic plan has to be peace. Our plan, the one way we can lose folks is if they do anything to trigger you another J6. And it all still hasn't been determined what really happened on J6, and I think it was part Fed surrection, and I think it was part some MAGA people got tricked. And we wanted it was thing. riddled with FBI agents. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it was. That's why I call it the Fed surrender. Yeah, I love that's if I wanted to have you say that again because nobody's ever said that term. The Fed surrender. It was the Fed surrender. <laughs> well, it was one part Fed surrection. It was one part, I think there were some Antifa goons in there helping yeah. it out. And I think there were a bunch of MAGA people, some of whom got carried away, some of whom were just tourists and thought they were walking into a public building that they paid for, <laughs> the door at the police were saying, sure, come in. They went in, took a picture, and what do you know? There's a 60-year-old grandma with no priors is in solitary confinement. Because yeah, they're rotting in prison now. So it's crazy. Uh, but their plan at this point, they got nothing. They got nothing. And believe me, we have more and more, and they, ha- they know how much more and more we have on them. Their whole plans are disrupted. They're talking on the left now about we may as well double down because if we don't double down, we're all going to be swinging from trees. And in the last month, I've had three different journalists ask me about, and even using that expression, which tells me that is some bad players somewhere are trying to figure out if that's what's going to happen. And I'm the first to insist that's not going to happen. Do not double down. We can get through all of this peacefully. There's things called truth and reconciliation. We can all through all this peacefully. But if they double down, and I'm, I've jumped up and down for over a year now about peace, peace. We have to be better than the other guys. And because they have information dominance, we have to be a lot better than the other guys because they can twist so much. The one way we lose is if things get violent. So do not let them, especially with this Roe v. Wade thing coming up, do not let them turn their... But, you know, I, the uh, my old mar- martial arts instructors taught me you walk on by the barking dog. They're going to come out and create a summer of rage to try to create a some sort of fight that lets them cancel the election. And my martial arts teachers used to teach me, look, if you're walking down the street and a dog barks at you, you don't need to run over and kick the dog or punch the dog. You just walk on by the barking dog. What these people are are cry bullies. They are all about being bullies to get us to respond, and then they're the victims. Do, so we have to be really, That's really right. peaceful. 23 weeks. 23 weeks. You can gut out anything for 23 weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, we're hearing a lot about monkeypox right now. Okay, uh, do you think that that's something that they will leverage? Well, it's going to be hard to because it only spreads by body fluids. So far, I understand every case in America is a gay or bisexual yeah. man, which means it's, it's going to be contained on its own. If it does start turning out to spread, not by liquid, but if there's a version that's being that becomes mm-hmm. contagious that means it's been weaponized that means it's been tied some they, they've done genetic alter, alteration and it's been tied to a, 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 a coronavirus probably and it, so until that happens it won't or if that doesn't happen it won't be a big deal and I don't think it will let them disrupt the election but if you ever see if you see the monkeypox start spreading uh, through as a respiratory illness rather than, you know, and there's no other explanation, that would suggest to me it's been weaponized, like somebody's actually done some genetic splicing. How do you get through the information wall, you know, where you've got so much of the news media that just um, claims what you're saying is either irrelevant or untrue or just ignored? Well, great question. I've decided, and I spoke about this yesterday, 
if you're ever in a relationship with a narcissist, what the shrinks tell you to do, and I never have been, but I've read about this, <laughs> and and what they, and I know some shrinks, and what they say is there's really no, you, you find yourself feeling tricked, and then you think, well, okay, I'm going to say, but next time, you know, if, if he's not going to trick me, if it's the way, I'm going to do this or that, I'm going to prevent him from getting away with this argument and this thing. And it, the answer is it never works. You can never do it because they just change the rules constantly. They gaslight you. They try to tell you you're crazy. And the only way to fix your relationship with a narcissist is to withdraw. Well, I would suggest that the American people are in a relationship with a narcissist called the mainstream media. And everything, it's, if, you, if you go and look at what read up on relationship with Martin narcissist, it describes this relationship perfectly. And we keep on adjusting and trying to win or them over or convince them or something. Big mistake. Just withdraw from the mainstream. Get your get your communications through social, and uh, do your own research online and in groups, and pull away from the mainstream media. Great, thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Marina, because they can. What part of getting information is going to MomsForAmerica.us? There's some good information on there. Yeah, and we have powerful people in our group, influential. But most of us, Patrick, are ordinary. And a lot of us were shocked when we saw one of the movies that have come out lately. We thought, wow, there is election fraud. I didn't really believe it. I heard about it. Didn't really care. And now I've seen the video clips in these movies. So what can we do if we're not political? But you know what? These movies have convinced us. Our friends convinced us. What can we do to possibly make a difference to give our conservative candidates a chance to fairly win the election? Great question. Great question, Marina. Actually... I've come to realize it's far cheaper for your candidates to win by getting election integrity than by buying them more TV ads, donating and helping them buy TV ads. Great point. It's, yeah. it's a lot cheaper just to get election integrity. And you can do that. You know, Elections are theoretically run by the citizens of the United States. You can... We just acted in Virginia. We got behind Bishop Leon Benjamin from Richmond, a wonderful African-American pastor. He put together a plan last year to get hundreds of uh, often conservative black churches involved with volunteers. You know, every precinct in America has supposed to have a Republican and a Democrat observer. In Virginia, only about 25, 30 percent of the Republican slots were filled. We, it went up to 95% this time. Just that Good. alone. We, th we probably only really d eliminated about 30% of the voter fraud, but look at what it did. It had this, no one expected what happened, which was a We overcame the fraud. Yeah. No one expected to get the governorship and to win the, the assembly back. It may be possible, consider this horrible thought. Whenever I'm with in an environment like this, people are often talking about, look how the country has changed over 20 years and how much, how did our country change so much? Consider the possibility that it really didn't, that it really didn't, but 20 years ago they figured out how to rig the elections. Now they knew if they sort of brought a, a Chavista to power, we would all know, hey, that's fake, that didn't happen. They've been picking off seats from the school board to governorships slowly for 20 years. I know one state, I'll say something that's explosive. There's a state where there's an attorney general who's acknowledged to us that they have realized, thanks to our work and they did their own internal investigation, they've realized that in this one particular state, it's a Midwestern state, I won't name, there are at least 10,000 stuffed ballots in every county. So the attorney general has said to, to a trusted scientist, a PhD scientist close to me, 
we it told that story and said we've realized there's not an elected official in our state from the dog catcher to the governor to myself who we can be 100 percent sure deserves his job if this gets out the state's going to go up in flames we're just trying to figure out how we can get through this peacefully and to get to a clean election and i think that state is not by any means an exception poll watching is one thing we can do we got to make sure volunteers come out and it really made a difference in virginia but we also got to have, if, if you have a drop box in your precinct, that thing needs to be monitored all the time and reported. Dinesh said, I said, what can we do about this? He goes, really? Up to law enforcement. If you see a problem, you got to report it and got to make sure you follow up. Well, we have a project at, at uh, we've taken the Virginia model and we've supersized it across nine states now. We've, not, we've just added a ninth state, a very large donor came in and paid for us to add a ninth state to our program. We haven't announced the name yet. It's going to shock people. And it's Operation Wings of Eagles. And you can find out about it on America Project. And we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for, it won't take much time, but we have put together a nine, now nine state program. And there are nine key and very dirty states that if that we can take you know, there's finally a way to push back. All all year, I've heard Americans saying, "I know this is horrible. I know this is terrible." It's like, how do you push back? It's like being in a judo match. There's mm-hmm. no way to push back. We built America Project. Mike Flynn asked me to come to Florida and build this to give Americans a, a way to push back, and he's really the genius behind it. Flynn is the genius behind it. That's wow. And it's been built just to help people be able to push back. You wow. can break the news of who the big donor is on the Buff Show. We don't mind. Well, I won't say the news of the donor, but I'll tell you the state's Illinois. Abraham Lincoln. You think there's a little bit of, <laughs> you think there's any corruption in Illinois there? No, not in Chicago at all. <laughs> they stole it for Kennedy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's going to be wild, trying to bring election integrity to Chicago. Boy, for with sure. With thousands of volunteers. It's the epicenter of the epicenter. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, when you said that, our whole world would be different if Richard Nixon had contested that election. Yeah. Kennedy would not have been shot. We mm. would not have had the riots. We would have gone into Cuba uh, because uh, Eisenhower expected Nixon to go in uh, mm-hmm. and, and complete what he had started. You just continue going through the things that happened in the 60s. You had uh, civil rights begun with the Republicans under Eisenhower. You had so much going on, it would have been a completely different world. But I'll share a thought with you, and I'll be interested in your thoughts. I think you've already said this. You have a friend who said, seeing the corruption, maybe there are no blue states. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Imagine the possibility that California is not actually blue. It may have all, it, we know for a fact, we know for a fact they've been doing this up and down the line for about, I, I mean, it's not just the presidential race. They're down at the towns and the city councils and on the board. The yeah, school, school boards, board yeah. They've been cha- someone has been changing our country slowly over 20 years. So all this time that you've been wondering, gosh, when did America get like this? It did, maybe it didn't get like this. Maybe it's a small percent who learned how to cheat very effectively, which is a horrible thought. We've been living for about a generation under people that you can't be sure these are honestly elected officials. It is so much... Now, I came out in 05 and became went on a tirade against Wall Street and started explaining to people, as a public company CEO, I'm on the inside, it's much dirtier than anybody has any idea from the amount. And people, I was kind of a one-man Occupy Wall Street. And I was telling people, everyone thought I was a conspiracy theorist because I was telling people, 
it's it's corrupt to the core. And I had all these nasty articles about me for three years, and then 08 happened, and then they all realized, oh, Byrne was right. That's what's going on. It's similarly, the election system is corrupt to the core in the United States. The, the not just the, It's not just about the machines. It's not vote flipping from space. There's many kinds of corruption. It's death by a thousand cuts, and the people who oversee it are corrupt, the people who oversee them are corrupt, and the secretaries of state are corrupt, and the parts of the federal government that are supposed to do something about this are corrupt. It's a clo- what philosophers call a closed circle of corruption. We got one chance to break it. This is our last. They, they did have to go for broke. In this last election, I think I think they got a little ahead of schedule for various reasons. They they did a go for broke. If if we don't win it this, if we don't break that corruption this time, we're Dunsky, we're Venezuela. But if we break it this time, I see a way through everything where we emerge as a cleaned up United States of America. I mean, we're going to have a financial crash. What these goons want to do is they want to take us through a financial crash and then out of the rubble emerge as the socialist United States of America. I, if we go through a crash, I want us to emerge out of the rubble as the United States of America. It's going to take at least five years, and that's if everything goes correctly. But I think it started in Virginia. It starts with AmericanProject.com, everybody. Jump on that site. Check it out. But it also start, it started in Virginia. People, see, they've seen too much. It's like the COVID crap in the classrooms, so the, the CRT in the classrooms. Parents saw too much. People saw too much when it came to the election fraud, and now they're paying the price for it. They came out in droves in Georgia. They came, even though we're not really a good candidate in Georgia to vote for, they came out in droves in Virginia, and not just, like you said, the governor's race, but all the way down to the school board, all the way down. They replaced every one of those clowns. What happened in, in Georgia the other day? I haven't, I've been on the road so much, I haven't even tuned in and read up on it too closely. Did we have a nice victory? Um the, there was no real good MAGA candidate uh, to go with, but the turnout was fantastic. But how about those, other than the governor's race? How about the other positions? Um, in Georgia, I haven't. I've been prepping for this. I haven't looked down at the school board level and everything. Okay. But I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get more information on that on Wednesday for everybody because we're having uh, uh, Moms for Liberty on Wednesday with uh, their Georgia rep because they did. They came on in New York. They even picked up a few school boards in New York. I mean, it was just, it did. And New York is impossible. They didn't think they could break that. You guys didn't think you could break New York. But you picked up a couple school boards in New York. We picked up a bunch in uh, Virginia. So I'm I'm betting, I'm betting based on the numbers we saw, that our school boards in our local counties came out pretty darn good. Um, some of our congressional races, uh, races uh, was that Herschel? No. Yeah, he, mean, he did. did he, he did very out? good. He won. Oh, it wasn't even close. Oh, really? And then Stacey Abrams ran unopposed. Uh, oh man! And she still didn't get ninety percent. But <laughs> really? How did you do that? <laughs> write-ins. Write-ins. I've never heard of ten percent write-ins. But go ahead with the with the. You guys are doing a phenomenal job, even in the most bluest of blue districts. Yeah, and I even heard that there was a school board in Texas. Ten out of the 11 candidates were moms coming out of nowhere, and they all won. Ten out of 11. But, Patrick, this is the thing. I heard your pitch a while back, and it sounded good, and I was convinced. So my first thought was, I can't do it. A, it's not my job. Well, I am Canadian. Maybe it's not my job, Patrick. 
I thought, I can't do it because, first off, I have a three-year-old. She's homeschooled. We're like this. I don't feel safe hitting the road watching a box for a while. Patrick, that night, I thought about it. You know what? I can get with my husband and, as a family, decide a time I will take care of Willow while he goes out. And it may not be me, but I can send my husband out for my family so I can be represented for an hour, two, maybe three. Then I thought, do you know what else I can do, Patrick? i got a neighbor two down conservative I can take her kid I could even maybe have a sleepover with the two girls and now there's three people available Patrick what would happen if every single person tuning in to map buff show right now said I'm not gonna do much but you know what I'll give at least an hour and I might even give two or three Patrick I might even give an hour at 3 a.m. just one or two hours what would happen my, if we did that, we then in e-commerce, they were in the world of the internet. They call that crowdsourcing. Instead of trying to do everything yourself within a company, you know, pushing it out to the internet, having people sign on, and just to earn, you know, anyway, it just turns out to be amazingly more powerful to take a big task up and split it off among tens of thousands of people, who all then just have to like do a little bit of work. Yeah. For example, let me give you, a, there's something that everybody, at, um, I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's live. It's being advertised on, you know, 2,000 Mules was based on the work of uh, True the Vote. True the Vote, yeah. They are pushing something called IV3.us. You go there, you download an app, and it lets you on your pull-up voter roll. So I'm sitting here, and I look across the street, and I know that Joe and Mary live there, or, you know, Bill and Mary live there. And I look it up, and yeah, there's two registered voters, Bill and Mary, in that home. I look at that home, I know there's uh, two people and their kid who's a high school kid, but oh, what do you know? There's 27 voters registered there. I can report it, I can track the progress, I can see it all, the voter rolls get cleaned up over time, which means we can break this problem up into something that people can stay. Thousand people can just download, sit at home, download, and clean up their neighborhood without ever leaving your couch. You can sit and clean up the voter rolls. And why that's so key is one of the things we've learned is to to stuff the ballot boxes. You first need to stuff the voter rolls. So what's really going on is the voter rolls. One of the things that are going on is voter rolls are dramatically stuffed. And this this is something that all your moms could do. They could download IV3.us, and in their state. If it has connectivity, they have they can look into the voter rolls. It takes your location and it tells you all the registered voters in the houses around you, and you can compare it to what you actually know. That would help tremendously. Yeah, that would help. Also, check out redothevote.com. There's a lot of good organizations. Redo it, the vote. Yeah, re, we just had uh, Miss Miss Florida on uh, Megan um, Clemente. Man, no notes was on the show talking about uh, working with Redo the Vote. So very similar process. It's a QR code. It's the person. Without it, you can't vote. Without your ID being proven, you just can't vote. It it eliminates what you just said. It was IV3. That eliminates ballot harvesting because you have to be registered on the grid. On the on the app, it, it's the nuts and bolts. You know, America traditionally runs its elections on an honor system. Those days are over. They've been caught cheating. There is no honor system. I'd be the first to say it. I don't trust the other side. I no longer am willing to trust or take them on faith. And they cheat. And there's not no honor system anymore. You know, Mark Twain said, "Trust everyone, but cut the cards." 
time we cut the cards. On that note, Patrick Byrne, everybody, thank you so much. AmericaProject.com. If you're not excited, get excited. Get involved. And like Marina said, get out there and babysit for somebody who can go out there and pull watch. Let's take this thing back. They did it in Virginia. We can do it everywhere. Big Red Wave 2022. Absolutely. Patrick, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you, Marina. Thank you very much, Ron. We'll be back on The Buff Show. Stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us here at the 2022 Florida Homeschool Convention. And our partnership for Moms for America has gone pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We've had a lot of fun, Matt. And how nice <laughs> that we get to end with Keisha King, a friend. Yes. And Moms for America. That's oh, right. Keisha, you. welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Now, it says here that you're executive director for Moms for America. Senior director. Oh, senior. Whoa, 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 what? Same thing, Same thing. That means there's another director, and she has more seniority. <laughs> seniority. There's four of us. There's four directors? Senior, yes, seniors. And you're host of the Keisha King Show. Yes. Where can people find that? You can find that on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. See, they don't like the Buff Show on YouTube. They keep banning me. Well, and they're never going to let my Dr. McCullough interview on YouTube. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm starting to upload to Rumble, too, just because probably that's the smart thing to do. <laughs> now, we have a home on Rumble. Rumble's yeah. a good place for you because you can do whatever you want. But yeah. I know you, at Moms for America, you don't do a lot of the politics. You're just really after the freedom aspect and the kids and everybody. Just everybody. Yeah, we are trying to teach 
teach moms how to teach their kids to be patriots. We want to help uh, build a nation, a, a generation that knows and, and understands liberty, that is liberty-minded, and understands our Constitution, that understands the values that built our Constitution, yeah. and the principles that come with that, and how they are sustaining. And so, you know, the more the next generation can learn those things, the better off we will be. We won't have crazy leaders, <laughs> that's for yeah, sure. If we, well, can get, if we can instill these values into our children. We need, we, it's, it's just very interesting you say it that way, because we've been talking about what we need to do today. But if we just only do what we're going to do today to fix this thing, and then not teach our children to be good patriots, we gotta we gotta do both, that's and that's true. where Moms for America comes in. Yes, you've done a phenomenal job today. Your whole team has been just awesome here, and this is kind of like our recap of the events today. Yeah. So, did you start your your podcast show after you joined Moms for before? So I got into okay. this fight. Um, in twenty, in early twenty twenty one, where my daughter was actually was it twenty when was it? It was like I went so I went viral in twenty twenty one. It was early twenty twenty one. Sorry, you know, COVID just makes you go and makes you go nuts. You don't, everything, you don't, you don't remember anything. But anyway. Um, my daughter was asked what pronoun she wanted to go by. Oh, my God. Are you serious? But yes, serious. Where are you Houston. from? What school is this? Duval County. Are you Jackson, kidding? In Jacksonville, Florida. Duval. Con- yes, conservative yeah. city council. We have a That's little, shocking. You know, it's, yeah, it's, trust me, there's a lot, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, my daughter was asked what pronoun she wanted to go by. That pissed me off. I, I was wrote the teacher, asked her why. She never even responded. Then uh, my daughter records a conversation in the classroom where she's doing critical race theory. And I was appalled. And at the same, like coincidentally, at the same time in Jacksonville, we were having these debates about pulling down the statues, changing the names on buildings. They were saying that black, it's, it's hilarious, listen to this. So they were saying that black children could not learn because of the name on a building. Wow, that's yeah. so complimentary. That's wow. racist. <laughs> the, 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 the left is so racist. They say they so black people don't know how to vote, wow. right? Don't know how to, vote. Don't know how to use a laptop. Don't Biden know. said no that. Identification. They uh, yeah. they don't know how to get an identification. Right. Um, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. And if you're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not even <laughs> black anymore. They can literally like, take your melanin. They can like, you know. Do you think that applied to everybody, right? Like, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. That wasn't just to Charlemagne the God. That was to every black person. It was to every so, black person. So, what, 30% of black America is now white? Exactly. <laughs> so or then, or, or, that, or Hispanic. That, I don't know what it is. That creates a conundrum then, right? It does. now, like, what's all this white supremacy? So then I guess I could be like a white supremacist. I guess. They oh, called yeah, Candace Owen a white supremacist. <laughs> they did. They, they called me white And they called you a kid. <laughs> These you people are, are sick, stupid. but no, they're racist. They're, 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 the Democratic Party has always been racist. Always racist. They yeah. just do it in a different way now. They don't have slaves now, but yeah. they pander right. and they they create yeah. situations where you can't succeed without without our help. That's right. what they're saying. Without they our, make you think that. That's, that's they make you think that, but yeah. there, here you are. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson gave a great speech last night yeah. talking about a black man who came from a tough situation to yeah. be one of the top surgeons in America. Right. You know, have, I was listening to his speech and just so 
uh, inspired by it. Yeah. So many black Americans today don't even face what he faced back then. And it seems as though we have more people who feel like they're more oppressed than he was. It's very bizarre. When they weren't. Right, when they're not, currently. But when you talk... It's very weird. I have a kid in college, right? And I always made the joke, I need to paint you black. Because black privilege is a real thing in, in like, college and... And uh, Morgan Stanley, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's a real thing. Like, you know, when they, like, affirmative action, first of all, I don't, me personally don't think it ever needed to be applied because if we wanted equal, equal opportunity, you can't uplift one group over another and call that equality. That is not equality. That is not equality. And that we see that happening in in particularly in schools today, even with, like, the LGBTQ. So they have, like, they've become, like, this protected class as well. And so in the classrooms, and this is from my own daughter's, like, experiences. She's like, Mom, they become the bullies because they feel set apart. And then they turn around. Any little thing that is taken out of context, it's like, oh, and then they get this, like, special treatment. So I just think we should... Here's a thought. Treat everybody the same and nobody gets treated better. Yeah. Nobody gets treated worse. <laughs> and you know, Keisha, can we stop asking what color people are? Can we stop asking your name and then to divide up what color your skin is? Like, let's start eliminating those questions. I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, just if we want to truly judge people on the content of their character, we have to really make change some things that are that that have been you know that are kind of we just do we don't really you know it's like oh yeah you know you fill out papers and all that stuff some famous guy said that what was his name famous guy i don't know martin luther king yeah maybe martin luther king said that (laughs) and we're doing the opposite of that now black conservatives like you are hated more right you get called more names than white conservatives. That Probably. the privilege goes the other way on that one. Right. You get disparaged more because you don't fall in line with the supposed yeah. Democrat Party narrative yeah. that all minorities are under this tent. Yeah. And it's just not true anymore. More Hispanics, more black people, more whites that were voting uh, independent, they're more moving to the conservative Republican side. Not just Republican side, but more conservative side. Say these things like blackness and whiteness. Yeah. I, used to not, I always felt like it was something that you almost had to put on because it was more than just identifying like how much melanin you had in your skin. Yeah, the skin it was tone. Like, it was the attitude. It was like a political identity now because yeah. if you are not, like you said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. So if you don't vote a certain way, you're not black. If you don't think a certain way, you're not this. So blackness, whiteness, all this stuff has become a, 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 a robe that you wear. And it's so much emphasis put on skin color. It's absolutely ridiculous. This thing is going in the dirt, just like hair, just like nails, just like, <laughs> you know, and God's going to look at your soul. And so 
that that will is be... true. There is way too much focus <laughs> on skin way color. Way too much focus on skin. And color. you know, I think so many things, in a very positive way, come back to the grounding of made in God's image. And when That's we talk right. about that, there's a sameness about us. There is so much the same One about blood. you and I compared to all other things in the world. That's right. And yet, when we look at humanity, apart in addition to the sameness, there's so much uniqueness yeah. that you can take two white people or two black people. They're so much different than them. And yeah. if you take away skin color, yeah. it's just it's so sad that we move so far away from being made in God's image and just loving who we are. Yeah. It's not even though just about skin color. It's about the attitude like you talk about the right mentality i'll give you an example everybody said that uh, judge jackson was put to the supreme court because she was a black woman and i disagreed with that even though that's what they said biden said we need a black woman but biden filibustered a black supreme court judge woman went on tv and said i will do everything as long as i'm alive to make sure she does not sit on the supreme court yep. well that would have been history making the first right. black woman yeah. you have to be a liberal black yeah, that's, woman that's right you have, and you hear this with nicole <laughs> Jones in the, the you know the writer of the 1619 project you hear yes. this with um the uh, ayana ayana, uh, ayana presley. presley now the squad. Yeah, the, the members of the squad where they say, we don't need, we need the right black voices. And that means Democrat, liberal, left, black voices. How does that make you feel as a black woman really to hear say care. somebody <laughs> tell you that you're not the right kind of black? You know, they don't say that to me. Nobody goes, you're not the white, right kind of white man. Or, no, actually they say I shouldn't say anything. Right, right, white right. males are the it's enemy in this country right now. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't, it, it, for me... Particularly, it doesn't bother me, but it, it bothers, I don't like it for other black folks who who are still so strongly tied to skin color. They hear this and it actually does do something to it. It's evil to me. It's evil to it really push is, these things isn't it? to people where they're just not true. And so for me, I think they're, I mean, they're stupid. Their arguments have absolutely no basis. You could, they would never even try to argue with any one of us. Um, but I, I hate it for other people. Yeah. Keisha, do That's you very think- sweet of you to say, by the way. <laughs> That's what you made a comment like that earlier about the dentist. How many if, if hours you, ago? <laughs> well, you said I, what gave me more pleasure from the experience was that I helped somebody else. Yeah, well, I helped others. Changed the way that other people have freedom. Yeah, that's right. Should you think that a lot of what's going on is a distraction? And I'll show you my bias from true um, privilege. And I'm saying I'll give you a specific example. Okay. So if you're not vaccinated for the last what is it over two years now, two you have years. not been able to travel to the U.S. or travel from the U.S. back. Right. So that didn't apply Ooh, to the Raptors. Raptors are our Toronto basketball team. Oh. From day one, pretty much, they can come and go. So my family can't come see their baby girl, which I think personally is way more important than a basketball game. Yeah. But they can come and go. There's no quarantine. There's no rules. Well, they can't play oh, with a mask. So, so they don't have to wear a mask. Meanwhile, we're all repressed. And let's not forget this happened two years ago. I think it's our sense of distraction from the real privilege where the elite can come and go freely. They can party without their mask. But your girls, regardless of their color, must wear a mask at school. It was infuriating. Um, the links that these people, you know, school administrators, the links that they would go. There was one particular story in Florida where this teacher duct taped a oh, mask. Wow 
to an autistic child. I remember that. I saw that picture. Yeah. I mean, you talk about infuriating. Like, I probably would be wearing orange right now for sure if that would have, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, that they have gone so absolutely crazy in pushing these narratives. Yeah, it is absolutely like med it's medical discrimination. And then, meanwhile, <laughs> speaking of the elite, you know, we have all these, you know, Davoses going on right now, and they're talking about, oh, how they're going to just rule us, and they know, they have all the great ideas. They, like, literally none of them. So this one lady at Davos was like, how many of you own electric vehicles? In this whole room, like, four people raised their hands. <laughs> and they're telling us that we all need to, you know, suspend everything, spend all this money for climate change. And you flew there on your private jets, and you don't even own um, these electric cars give me a break. And if even if you did, you still need fossil fuels to power the damn fuels. things. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like I, I am just praying and 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 praying that more Americans stand up for what they know is right. This is not the time to rest on your laurels. Oh, somebody else will take care of it. DeSantis will take care of it. Trump will take care of it. No. This is by the people, for the people, of the people. You better get up yeah. off of your behinds and do something. Otherwise, we will not have a country if we don't. We're yeah. losing it fast, and this election yeah. means everything right now again, just to stop the agenda. Let's distract from the real issues, right? Let's press, press, press racism. Right. Because, Keisha, if you're racist against me, and I'm racist against you. We are not going to partner with Moms for America. Right. We're not going to stand for freedom. That's and right. God forbid, we may not even talk to each other right. and realize, wait a sec, our hearts are one and the same. Right. And we both have girls. And yes. we will do anything for them. That's and we will right. bring freedom to Florida. Yeah. But how easy to distract us by our skin color. Which, right. when we're talking, it doesn't even come into our mind. It doesn't have a factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very divisive. All of it, you know, the medical the medical uh, discrimination, the, the race tension, and just hyper focus on race. You know, the the police stuff. I mean, just everything. It, to me, it is a distraction from what's really going on. And if you let that distract you. That means you're not organizing. That means you're not making sure that you get people out to vote. That means that you're distracted by all of these other, you know, squirrels, <laughs> and you're not focused on what really matters. And what really matters right now, regardless of what side you're on, this is so beyond politics at this point, if you do not go forward and vote for people who are for freedom, all of us, every one of us, will be subject to the state. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good stuff. What's next for you on the on the show, the, show. the Keisha King show? Everywhere you can find it, we're gonna put a link to it too on oh, ours. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we we just do like amazing interviews with different people. We've had Dr. Latipo on the show. We have had Pete Hexet from Fox News on the show. Real Is he cool? He's very cool. Real patriot. Is he? He is. He's one of the good ones. I know. Yeah. I'm, look, I, I'm side-eyeing Fox News sometimes, too. Trust oh, me, yeah. I am, I'm side-eyeing them quite a bit. Yeah, Pete, Pete is actually one of the he's one of the better ones. Some, you should ask him next time he comes on. Sometimes he's sitting there on that stupid-ass morning show. <laughs> the Peter Doocy. And, and, he, and Peter Doocy's saying something, and Ainsley's looking around like she doesn't know what's up. Oh, no. And then he's looking at them both like they're crazy. So well, ask him, are you looking at him? He's a, he's a morning But sometimes he fills in. Oh, true. But he is. He's with Will Kane. 
who yes, he, he's kind of like Will Kane reminds me of like the kid who would tell on you if you were on <laughs> the wrong side of the hallway in school. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't know them super, super well, but I've spent, you know, a little bit of time with, with Pete, and he has a lovely wife, loving family. Um, I like the Duffy girl. Rachel Duffy. Yeah. Um, another one. She, she, she has, like, eight kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's a homeschooler. We're, like, here, me and Rachel. I'm, like... I got to meet her at Mar-a-Lago a couple months ago. So Are you a homeschooler? I am now. I just pulled my, my, pulled my youngest out of private school. Um, I'll be homeschooling her this year coming up. You and 1.2 other million Americans. I know. And then um, my oldest daughter I pulled out in December. A public. Okay. Government. Are you homeschooling? I am, but not. I have a three-year-old, so homeschool is, we made butterflies all summer. Yeah. We got tired of cleaning up the poops. Now so you're still in the pre-K mode. We love anything in creation. We're there. We love it. Cooking, baking, it's so easy. It's learning, though. She's it's already learning. reading. She read the word family the other day. Here. Yesterday. Wow. Here family, at, and she's at like, the like, family oh, that's <laughs> easy. Con- convention? Spelled, yeah, three. Yeah, oh, that's incredible. That's pretty yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, homeschool's the way to go, in my opinion. I'm like, we should have been doing this years ago. So good yeah, good and idea. audience, don't feel intimidated. How did your babies learn to talk and walk? You taught them. You've you been homeschooling it. from day one. You have been homeschooling from day one. You said and that at the first interview today. Yeah, and Matt, we've talked so many times today about the schools failing. Kids are graduating. They can't read and write. So, read. Do you think we can handle just like read and writing? I think we better we can than do the that. system. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're focusing on critical race theory and gender ideology. And, I mean, they're not even trying to teach math, science, reading, writing. You know, their focus their focus is on something else. So if we want our children to be educated, you better do it yourself because they're not going to get it in government schools. Okay, Keisha, I have to ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. What's the difference, at least with your oldest, okay, from, I'm guessing, getting up every day at 6 or something and getting her on a bus and packing her a lunch and all yeah. this work? Versus homeschool sleeping. Well, no, no, you stop right there. My kids go to public school, and I'm proud they do because I've taught them to rat out the BS in public school. Good for you. And listen, if they're gonna be there, that's what they should do. We're very involved with the school. We throw the parties. We always make sure to volunteer for everything. We're friends with their friends, and we take care of those kids. But, but you need know. that aspect Early of getting mornings. friends. So, okay. So friends. Let me, let me say this. So my, my oldest is in a homeschool co-op. She's in Sleeping a co-op. in. Yeah. She's in a homeschool co-op. <laughs> she goes to school with seven or eight other kids. She goes to a church, and she's in school with other kids. So she's not by herself. There are so many options to homeschool now. There's not, you don't have to be the teacher. You can be. I'm going to homeschool my youngest, but I'm going to send my oldest because she wants more of that classroom experience. She wants it, and she's doing extremely well. And you can teach her to, you can teach her to um, be discerning with the material. You can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can. This is what I say. So if your kids are in government schools, every day you have to, like, deprogram them. You do? Every day? Every day. Like, that has to be, like, it's no longer, it's like, oh, how was your day, sweetheart? 
oh good no it's like what did you do when you walked in the door what did they do like how was math class what did they do what did they teach you okay how was english what did they do what did they teach you was there any talk about this or that like you really have to i don't want to say grill because you want your kids you don't want to grill your kids but at the same time you really do have to deprogram and to make sure that no funny business was going on because they slip this stuff in so easily. Oh, we're talking about history today. Oh, well, you know, America had slaves. They're bad. Um, then we had Jim Crow. Then we had, um, uh, you know. Every day is Black every, History Month. Right. And then it's like, oh, time to go. Time for your next class. And so that's not history. You know, that's not that's teaching no, our that's revisionist. To hate that's revisionist history. Indoctrination. It is indoctrination. So, You're exactly I'm right. Just like deprogram every day. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. son said, "Why do I get, keep getting blamed for slavery?" I'm like, "Because they have their own issues that they're dealing with, and they want to blame somebody else for their problem." Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, "Because you know you don't own slaves, right?" right. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Neither did me, your grandparents, or their grandparents." Yeah. It's an old dead issue, and. They think the Democrats need to keep racism alive. That's how they get. That's how they stay in power, and that's how they get votes. Yep, for sure. These Republicans gonna put y'all back in chains. Remember Joe Biden said that? Yeah. That guy. Every time somebody says something stupid, there's Joe Biden. It's it's really fascinating. I think, right? (laughs) Remember when he did an interview in the seventies, and he said the N word seven times. I saw. He was quoting something. You didn't even have to say it that much, but yeah. he kept saying it. He said, I've never seen so, somebody so comfortable. With joy. With joy. <laughs> saying the N-word. With joy. With joy. Yes, and he Every wasn't, problem. at least if you're going to say it, it better be in like a rap song. <laughs> you're going to say it with joy. It should be yeah. a rap song. Kanye didn't even say it that much. <laughs> well, well he's know. a Christian now. But But it's just every problem in America can be traced back to Joe Biden. The the 1994 crime bill. Absolutely. Which spawned this decades of crime. Joe Biden did that. You know, we might even be able to blame slavery on Joe Biden. He's so old that maybe we can even... He's closer to those relatives. He might even be responsible. He said that Delaware was a slave state. He sounded proud to say and that. And he sounded too. proud to say it. So, yes, we can pin slavery on Joe Biden, too. I'm sorry. I'm having <laughs> You know, you both raised such an important point, which is being present. And, Matt, I know we're at the end of our day. And what a note to come I feel like people are on, waiting right? to do I know. It. You're going to be here. My day is done. I don't think we're going to do it. I think we're going to say no. Unless we're they're really popular. No. So does that mean I get one of the last words? One of the last words. <laughs> Being present, mom, right? Being present, being attentive, putting away our phones. I think that's what we're all about, Keisha. Because when we take away all the distractions and we look into our kids' eyes and we ask them, okay, and then your next subject and then your third subject, it's beautiful and it's bonding. And isn't that what life's all about? And for a few minutes, you escape the craziness around us just to focus on our children. And I've seen you with your daughters. Right, you have that connection. That doesn't happen magically. You don't have supernatural children. You're not supernatural. No. <laughs> You're right. You're ordinary, but you've invested in them. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing angelic about them that is not available to every parent that can't take the time. Your relationship is a result 
of years and so many hours of investment. And I think it's so good for parents to remember. They can have that relationship with their children, like you were saying earlier, Matt, but it takes shutting off the phone and really listening and looking in their eyes. You cut off all that great momentum we had with blaming oh everything on Joe Biden and you went all sappy again. She made us be Yeah, yeah, we're good parents. I'm not always a good parent, all right? Just because I'm doing are. stuff like this, I'm not always the greatest parent. <laughs> if your kids talk to you, that's huge, right? Yeah, it is. You know, you're right. And yeah. you know what? I can tease you after 10 hours of oh, yeah. uh, shows, right? Yeah, I can tease. Done. We can do that. Yeah. I will say this. So I was noticing my oldest daughter was becoming very, you know, like 6th, 7th, 8th grade, ninth grade. They used to start to morph into like, who in the world are you? Like, you just don't even know. Like who they are but since i've been homeschooling her and again this is like in december just talking to her every day like all of that craziness just started to fall away this kid is now she loves to just come like when it's nighttime she loves to just come in my bedroom like we just have our talks that's and nice. we're home together you know she yeah. goes to school two, two days out of the week but those other days she's helping me like with work and she's like we're doing all this stuff together we talk so much she's like mom I know you're not my friend. She's like, but you're like my best friend. Oh my god! <laughs> Work on that. Keep working on that. Oh, Every yeah. I'm, I'm older than both of you by probably 10, 15 years. Maybe. <laughs> no answer. Black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. White ain't right. I don't, I, don't, I just want to rhyme too. I don't know. I've never heard that one before. I, I think I, I think this is the first time it's been said. Okay. So make as long. I feel like you're a successful parent if your if you if your kids feel like they can talk to you. Yeah. And if they're not ashamed of you in front of their friends, <laughs> that's a good thing too. Well, now that I'm a conservative, my my daughter's like. Uh, I don't, she's like, I'm going to tell everyone you're my aunt by marriage, just in case we're going to get pictures together. No, but, the, you That's know, true. It's, it's funny, this but it goes ser- back to what we talked about. It's serious yeah. because they are so terrified of what people will say about, about conservatives. It is, it's sad, you know, that just because you're a conservative, it's like, you know, you can get really picked on. But, you know, so. Keisha, this is what we talked about earlier. You're leading the way. And because you do it, your children can follow it, and other children, and other people, and not just black women. We're not talking. We're not going back to race. We don't need to say that. You're a freedom fighter. To me, I see you as a mom, as someone associated with moms too from America, is now a homeschooler. So you're leading the way for me to follow. Not because you're someone older, because my daughter's younger, right? But if you can lead the way. Then you, then people who connect with you will follow on absolutely. again. As we talked about all day. Yeah, you can be ordinary and make a difference, absolutely. and other ordinary people say, "Wow, if Keisha can do it, so can I." Yeah, and that's it's true. true. They can. They can. They can. The listeners can and viewers, this. yes, you can, can. That's what they look to these shows for. They yeah. look to that because. They can't watch mainstream media. They got to find alternative sources, and that's what oh, yeah. we're doing on the Patriot Podcast Network on Roku TV and everywhere else. All right, Keisha King, Senior Executive Director for Moms for uh, Moms Senior for America. Director. <laughs> but you can go to MomsForAmerica.us to find out more about us, and also check out yes. KeishaKing.com. 
information is so there. So KeishaKing.com and the radio show is on there, it's, the podcast. Yeah, it's on there, so you can get all, all the stuff in all one place. Yeah. Bright future ahead yeah. and a great future for our country. Thank you so much for joining me on these interviews today. I think we formed a nice partnership. No yeah. voice and all. You have a good reputation. You're nice on the phone, so I knew it would be good. Oh, good. I, knew it. I got a good phone voice. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode of The Buff Show. We'll see you next time. You stay smart out there.